Welcome to The Sipping Point, where each week we explore the recipe for a delicious life. I'm your host, Lori Forster, the wine coach, and I've made it my mission in life to demystify wine one glass at a time. So expect a fresh and fun approach to the world of wine, spirits, food, and so much more. Well, this week we are going to taste some delicious small production wines from Kavu Winery in Washington State. Find out what inspired their winemaker, Joel Waite, to start the winery in 2008. And then, in four short years, D.C. has become one of the hottest food truck cities in the country. We're going to talk to Robert Passion, producer of a new documentary called Capital Food Fight, about the controversy that surrounds these food trucks and the whole scene in D.C. We're here in studio with Joel Waite, who's the winemaker and co-owner of Kavu Cellars out in Walla Walla, Washington. And that's in Washington State, in case you don't know. And we're big fans of Walla Walla because we've had Charles Smith here on the show before. And he was one of the first people we ever had to bleep on the sipping point. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, maybe, Joel, you're going to add uh, some more fun and uh, frivolity to the wi- world of wine here. So you're here in D.C. visiting with the Washington Wine Commission and a whole host of amazing wineries from Washington State. We welcome you on the show. Thank you, Larry, for having me. I appreciate it. Well, what I love about you being here is, you know, we talk to a lot of different kinds of wineries and winemakers, but you're a true family-owned boutique winery, and that means you do everything, right? Between my mother, my father, and I, we do everything, yes. Yes, and I'm a small business owner, so I can relate, albeit a little bit different. So tell us a little bit, you're in the heart of the Walla Walla Valley and the Washington area. Tell us, how did this all get started? I originally went to Washington State for a wedding north of Seattle, and I decided to visit my aunt and uncle in Walla Walla that are onion farmers there, and I decided to visit their little farm town, saw the town, fell in love, saw the uh, Center for Enology and Viticulture in Walla Walla, and decided to move west and get into the wine business. Wow. Uh, Seven and a half years ago, I did not know that I would be back in D.C., uh, selling my own wine. So, <laughs> so that's a pretty qu- quick transition. Seven years, you just got the inspiration, and I'm sure there are lots of people listening who have I- either an inspiration to be in the wine business, own a winery, or, you know, for other subjects, distilleries, breweries. What do you think was the biggest driving force that kind of brought this all to fruition? I mean, that's not easy to do in seven years. No, I had, uh, very much uh, wanted to get into the wine industry for a long time. I did my culinary school training in Napa Valley, so I always had that food and wine bug, but it was Napa Valley and you know, $100 million to breathe there is something I just didn't have. <laughs> um, so my parents were mostly the driving force for this. They wanted to do a business with me. It was their idea, and they saw what I saw in the Walla Walla Valley. It's a great, charming town, wonderful people. Uh, so we decided to go for it. And I it definitely that. is a go big or go home kind of force behind us because it is a quick time, seven and a half years, to start from schooling to building the winery up to making the wine itself and getting it bottled and sold and marketed. Yeah, it was, It's been a lot of work, seven days a week. Well, you have a great partner in winesbyraz.com if people want to check that out and and find out where you're available all over the country. And so seven years ago, you committed to that. Here, we've got all these great, amazing wines that we're going to talk about here in a second. But um, being in business with your parents, 
That's got to have some challenging moments, don't you think? Actually, it's been amazing. <laughs> you know, you usually hear no all the, fights. You, you hear all the horror stories, and it's been great. Um, I do the I do the winemaking, and my father does the paperwork because I am a skimmer, and my father is very detail oriented and on paperwork. And my mother gets her hands dirty all the time with the wine. She loves working with, with on it with me. So it's been great. Okay. Well, let's talk about the wine, because I have three glasses in front of me, and I'm dying to dig in. So the first one is pink. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Which we call rosé. A lot of people have had traumatic pink wine experiences, but that's all changing now with uh, mostly dry rosés. And I mean, you know, there are sweet ones, too, and a lot of people love that. But what style is your rosé made in? It's a drier style. All my wines are very food-focused. Um, c- coming from my culinary background, I think the, the good acidity in the in this rosé really lends itself well to uh, tuna, salmon, sushi, uh, pork, uh, even spicier foods nice. with the Latin or Asian spices. Now, rosé, I kind of akin when I explain to people about making rosé, it's kind of like making weak tea. So this could eventually be a red wine if we left the skins longer and we made it in a different way. So it, it's got a lot of the great benefits of white wine, that acidity, that lightness. But then the being that it's a red grape and it spends time on those skins, it's got some of the flavor and, and strength of a red wine uh, versus a white. This is made from a grape called Barbera, right? Yes. It was a, a experiment about four years ago. I had the idea of doing a Barbera Rosé because what I like in a Rosé is good acidity and really bright, fresh fruit. And that really is what the red Barbera grape brings to the table. Yes. I mean, Uh, that's the everyday. I'm a Piedmont Barolo fanatic. I've spent a lot of time up there. And it's in the northwest of Italy near Torino. And uh, Barbera is the everyday drinking wine of people who live in Piedmont, Italy. Exactly. And for that reason, it is so food friendly. Yes. And how we make this wine is we do a whole cluster press and we turn the press on. Juice comes out really clear at first. After about an hour and 15 minutes, it gets really dark. So that's all the skin contact we have with that with this wine is an hour and 15 minutes. Wow. Then we split it into four different tanks, use three different yeast strains, and it really creates a very complex rosé. It's not an afterthought. It's not a bleed off. It's not a blend of white wine and red wine like some wineries do. Right. It's, we really you focus on making make it a, a, tr- rose. a true rosé style, a true rosé wine, yes. Love that. Okay, so... Now we see Barbera in a pink version, but in our middle glass, you actually, and this is very unique for Walla Walla and Washington in general, you, and I know a few California wineries making red Barbera, but you're making a red Barbera here, and were you inspired by the Barberas of Italy? Is that what drove you to kind of experiment with this? Yes, I've always loved Barbera because they are such a great food wine. This red Barbera here with its acidity and its medium tannic structure really lends itself well beautifully to fattier foods like prime rib, ribeye, duck, also tomato-based pasta sauces, foods like that. Uh, there are actually only about 72 acres total of Barbera planted in Washington State. Wow. It's fair, it's, it is very rare. And that's also one of the reasons why I wanted to make it, because every winery has their Cab Merlot Syrah and their Cab Merlot Syrah blend. <laughs> and I decided I just, is a new winery in Walla Walla, which uh, there are a hundred. I didn't want to make, you know, the 101st Syrah, the Walla Walla Valley. It just didn't make sense as a business plan. Mm-hmm. So I looked around for something different and I found the Barbera and then the Rosé was an experiment and they're, they're our fastest selling wines. 
We'll be right back with Joel Waite from Kavu Winery on The Sipping Point.